Good morning and welcome to the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Nothing. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Yeah, I, I know you are doing well. You have something that I don't, which is uh, hope for your pro franchise with uh, Danny Dimes. A, a little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. A, little, a little glimmer of hope, right? Yeah, so, at, least, uh... at least we got to win. Uh, one more than I thought, thought the Giants were going to get a couple weeks ago. So. Yeah, so I, well, you're going to get another one this weekend, so don't worry. Yeah, um, I hope so. Hope so. Yeah, I uh, Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, we're a day late this week. Uh, I had to do some light travel for work, and Rob had some back-to-school uh, parent action to deal with. So what are you going to do? Um, here we are. Um, we, yeah, Rob, we have Jimmy, but uh, you have hope. So that's one yeah. thing. <laughs> so anyways, but thanks, as always, to Pale Fire, our original and first sponsor. Uh, you could go by the tap room there in Harrisonburg. You can mention the podcast, and you could get a free pint glass from Pale Fire Brewing Company. Um, they're doing some good stuff. I, I, it was somewhere there I was this weekend, Rob, where they had Aaron on tap, actually. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, go down there, support them all the time. Don't forget, you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. A couple quick notes before we get to the football. Um, we're going to have fun tonight with football, of course. But uh, men's soccer, Rob, what a week. Uh, we told you last week on the podcast to uh, watch that Tuesday night game. They were hosting Wake Forest, a really rare opportunity in the bird for JMU to host the number one team. And not only did they host, but they uh, they won. <laughs> it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, uh, on a heck of a strike, too. Did oh, you see the goal? Yeah, I did. Yeah, and, it, was, uh, it was pretty. Yeah, Manny Ferriel, they're fantastic, you know, kind of all-American player. Uh, and then when he went on to have a hat trick this weekend as they beat Mount St. Mary's 3 to nothing. <laughs> so he was named the National Player of the Week in all three all three whatever soccer college soccer publications uh this week and then i guess i'm gonna go let the dog out rob but, yeah, um, besides, that, besides that um volleyball is back in town this week that was the one other around the horn note we were gonna gonna let you know is the women have been on the road for quite a while they are finally kind of back home and ready to open up a homestand this weekend then they play two big caa games this week they play uh unc wilmington and college of charleston who tend to be they're some of their stronger competition in the CAA. So they're both, they're at home this week at, in the Berg Friday and Sunday. So cool opportunity for that team that we haven't seen in a few weeks. They've been gone uh, traveling around. They've been, they even went to the Pacific Northwest at one point. So um, good for them. Good luck to the volleyball team. So Rob, we really wanted to get to four downs from the win over Chattanooga. JMU returned to Finley Stadium for the first time since the 2004 championship. Uh, they come away with a 37-14 victory over Tennessee, the Mox, Tennessee Chattanooga Mox. Uh, it was kind of a weird game. You know, it was 14-0 and became 14-14 in the blink of an eye. And then the Dukes kind of uh, they turned it up a little bit in the second half, which was good to see. So what, what was your, uh, you know, as we were talking about the Skins and the Giants, thank God for the Dukes. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this but... was this was kind of a tough one. I, I watched it on replay. Full disclosure, mm-hmm. I was at Little League on Saturday watching mm-hmm. my son's game. Mm-hmm. So I, thankfully, ESPN Plus could tune in and watch that in Little League. Um, yeah, I mean, watch that on replay. For, mm-hmm. First of all, this kind of aside, I really like Chattanooga's announcing team. Yeah, I, I know, that's and this has nothing to do with ESPN Plus. This is right. the longtime announcers, but um, without offending any of our CAA brethren, 
I don't always enjoy the away broadcasts. Yeah, Daniel, yeah. But these guys were knowledgeable, um, knew the team, knew the Dukes. I, I thought it was a good, good broadcast all around. So that was enjoyable. But my first takeaway, just our first down, it's got to be, it was getting a little dicey there. Those 60 seconds where they took the punch in the mouth, it was a little bit like, oh, here we go. But it was great to see them respond. And in many ways, I think that was probably the ideal way for this to play out. You know, mm-hmm. a comfortable win. But to go, you know, it was 14 nothing. Mm-hmm. then, what was it, 16 seconds they scored? Yeah. Two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, they had that one passing touch, which was a nice throw. I know mm-hmm. people are kind of getting on Tiano. I thought he was a decent QB. Mm-hmm. Um, looked very good on that one drive. And then the muffed kickoff. And boom, just like that, it's a tie game. And it was like, uh-oh, what? Respond. Yeah. Well, it, it kicked him into high gear. Mm-hmm. I mean, from that point on, it was 23 unanswered points. That's about as good a response as you can you can expect or you can hope for mm-hmm. at, at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, after they got through the first quarter, they only gave up 133 yards mm-hmm. of offense. I thought the defense was was pretty fantastic, um, particularly the, the Rundy mm-hmm. and kind of the, the line of scrimmage I thought was, was terrific. Mm-hmm. There's definitely some issues that we talked about last week yep. um, that – we're not really cleaned up this week. <laughs> yeah. You know, overall the past D, the numbers are going to look fine, but there still were some things that, that had me a little bit concerned, but um, I don't know. I was just, I was really happy to see him come out get punched like that. And then just a punch right back and, and close out the game and to go kind of particularly with Amos's interception where it kind of rallied everybody. But I just thought that was a terrific response. And it was kind of everything we wanted when we saw this game on the schedule, the mm-hmm. SoCon team. Absolutely. And then, uh, you know, expectations, kind of had to be adjusted with, with the fact that this isn't the best Chattanooga team, but it certainly is a level up in competition from the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was good. I, I was glad to see them, you know, kind of suffer for these mistakes. Yeah, you know, yeah, you got to learn that they're costly. Yep. You know, you can't just continue to get away with them and be like, oh, you know, interception or, oh, fumble, but recover. It was nice to see the consequence. Nice to see, oh, man, we make these mistakes. It's going to put us right in a, in a you know, dog fight. in a dog fight. Yeah. In a whole, real hole. But then, yeah. but then they didn't crawl no hole. They, they didn't. They didn't whimper. They didn't freak out. They put some things. They put it together. They had two scoring drives. We all would have liked to have seen them punch them in for touchdowns. But at least they scored mm-hmm. um, to go in. What was it twenty to fourteen lead? At the half? Twenty to fourteen at the half, and then came out and you know had another long drive that ended in a field goal. Yeah. Um, but and, and that was kind of a weird one because you're like they were down close, but I, I think at that point you're like, well, you want the nine point lead. That yeah. you know gave them the cushion that they needed. Um, yeah, no, that was a good response. I, I so it was just good. I mean, it's 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 what I wanted to see. I wanted to see him challenge, but then I wanted to see them win comfortably. Yeah, and I got my wishes. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to specific items, but in that pass defense, that that little stretch there, it wasn't just that they missed Rashad. In terms of you know he didn't he, he dressed and I think didn't I don't I don't think I saw him out I there. I don't I don't, I don't think he played this playing. week. Right, practice um, today. Right. So, and it wasn't necessarily, I'm saying, you know, he's been still working his way back and I'm not saying like one-on-one that it would have been significantly better. I don't know that for, for a fact, but they missed the leadership back there. Yeah. Right. And, you know, saw a couple of young guys, um, you know, we, we try not to jump on individual players, but a couple of young guys made a couple of plays very early in the game, like in the running defense. And then we're kind of on the short end of some of those throws that, the two, you know, yeah. the, the, the plays that led to Chattanooga's touchdowns. So, yeah, no, I thought you're right. I mean, my first, second down, Rob, was just uh, it's about identity. And the one thing I was excited about in this game, and I think this is 
it, it worked its way out a little bit in terms of responding from that punch with the two field goal drives to end the half. But I, you probably noticed this after Chattanooga tied it up. Um, JMU had fumbled the kickoff and really, you know, they really shot themselves in the foot there. They, yeah. that first third down that they had was to Riley, the first third mm-hmm. down conversion after that. And yeah. it was like, Oh no, here we go. Third and seven. They're going to get knocked off the field and we're really going to have a struggle. And they go to Riley Stapleton. And I think they went to Stapleton three times in those two drives that, that gave them those two field goals to come back. And then they come out after halftime and they just give the ball to Percy, not mm-hmm. to a carousel of running backs, not to a running mm-hmm. back by a committee, but they gave it to Percy. And to me, between Danucci and, you know, I'm not going to go crazy about Danucci tonight, but between Danucci and Riley and Percy, I don't know what happened with Signetti and Montgomery, but they kind of decided like, okay, you know, this game we got punched and we got to go to our horses. And that made me a little excited. I, I think there was a little identity there. I don't know the time of possession in the second half, but I did see Signetti said point, you know, he said like, and I don't think he was being arrogant. He just said, we could have scored more. We just didn't need to. Right. Yeah. It was 30, you know, it got to 30 and they were controlling the ball, controlling the possession. You know, Percy goes over a hundred yards. Just that was nice to see that. Okay. We saw the guys we thought at the beginning, which were 31 and 10 are going to lead this team. And, and maybe that's a little bit of an identity check for this team. Well, I, I think yeah. poke too. Poke too. Oh, absolutely. It, that's you know, speed. It, yeah. Yeah. The speed and being, just, I mean, it's, it's game breaking speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you and I discussed well, this last week. The combo of him and Riley together is really can be dangerous. They're very different. Well, players. those underneath crossing routes from Riley, you know, him and his brother actually both. Yeah. Like, if they catch it two yards short, they're going to pick those last two yards up every time. Yeah. You know, and then and meanwhile, and like Poke, if you hit him in stride, yeah. he's going to pick up those extra sixty yards. Sixty, yeah, right. I mean, he turned, and I did. I, I was watching with some friends, Robin. Uh, when he made, as soon as he made the turn, I put my hands up. Like yeah. it was that, you know, and you're like, I mean, he's blazing. Yeah, he's he's absolutely right. blazing. And, uh, you know, I, we'll see when they get to, you know, whether it's Villanova or Towson. I mean, we'll some of the better competition as they go along. But but for now, he looks like an FBS. I mean, his his speed is FBS speed <laughs> yeah. for sure. And, and of course, you know, it was good to see D'Angelo Amos also, um, you know, really the probably the biggest play of the game, I think, was the interception. You know, when Jamie was up 23 to 14. And Chattanooga was driving, and Amos has the pick. And that's another one of your star players that you're looking to kind of set the tone for this team. Yeah, and everybody's looking to him or kind of questioning why he hasn't gotten going in the return game. But Mm -hmm. that's two weeks in a row he's made big plays, you know, on the defensive side, Mm -hmm. which is great. You you know, we'd love to see him get hot and really start taking kicks back. But realistically, what I mean, in a great year, you might – return two or three there's still plenty of time yes and i'd rather have him kind of enter ca put a chip on his shoulder or some sort of desire to prove himself in the running game then end the season with you know four kicks returned and it turns out they're all in the first three or four weeks right um, so i still have confidence he's good enough it, it is a little bit weird that the whole special teams with the exception of ratke oh. just seems like it's not really meshing yet uh-huh um I, I don't know what it is i mean it's not like cause for alarm right now um that the muffed kick, well, I don't want to say it was fluky, but it was a little bit unusual. You know, it was an up man. It was an Austin Douglas. He's not normally returning those. You know, they did like a, like a pooch. Uh-huh. Um, yep. So, no. But, yeah, yeah, I don't I mean to excuse you. that in any way because I think this is a major 
function. Uh, I mean, a major problem right now for the Dukes is they've got to stop dropping the ball in the kick return game, whether yeah. that's punts or kicks. I mean, there's just, it just gets you killed. I mean, it, it gave them, you know, gave West Virginia points. It's given Chattanooga points. It, it's just, it's terrible. And there's no excuse for it. Um, at the same time, we have to say in this game, Rob, um, Ethan Racky. Oh my gosh. Oh, I mean, it's just steady as can be. And that, that first one, yeah, the, the one the where they iced yard? him twice or whatever. Like, I mean, he had one that would have been good from fifty-five yards, right? You know, he, he's he's putting forty yards into the back of the net. They're not just clearing the crossbar. No, a college yeah. kicker to make to a three three forty-two yard field goals to, at the end of the half when he's been iced twice is you know a penalty and then mm-hmm. two icings is yeah, that's really awesome. And, and yeah. that was after he'd already made a forty-four yarder and would come back and make another one later. So. Yeah, I mean, he. I know he's missed, I think, one this year, and he had the one blocked at West Virginia. But, man, uh, that just gives all of – and for a team like JMU with the defense they have, it's got to give them a lot of confidence moving forward. Um, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting when they get into some one-possession games how they handle that because that's a weapon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah big time. It's, yeah. it's a big deal to have somebody back yeah. there. College, that can be kind of spotty. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I'm certainly pleased so with that. Yeah. What do you think about third down? Well, I don't want to go too negative or anything, but I, I do think we're at the point of the season, you know, heading into CA play. I don't expect perfection. No fans do, or maybe some fans do, but you know, <laughs> we need to help talk about oh, the yeah, edge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do think it's time to really they, – they got to start cleaning up the mistakes. Um, mm-hmm. We were six penalties, 55 yards. They did – everybody's going to freak out about the passing, D, and, and – you know, I'll probably contribute to a little bit of that as well. <laughs> uh, I didn't think it was terrible. I mean, they only gave up 12 completions, but it was like mm-hmm. 12 or 13 yards a pop. And I'll need to go back and rewatch. But in my mind, missed tackles were a contributing factor to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and so, uh, like, the missed tackles were a pain this week. Were, were yeah. pain. And, like, that's the sort of thing. And some, from some of the good players. Yeah. Too. <laughs> you know, know. And there's yeah. a certain situation. I mean, if your arm's wrapped up and you got a club, yeah, I'm going to kind of excuse you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. certainly you guys going in there making plays. But they're just guys not wrapping up or kind of getting dragged. And that's, that's a little concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, again, we don't really want to single people out. But there were some key drops that could have turn this game or really open this game up mm-hmm. in, in the second quarter in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there was one really nice pass that just went right to a guy's hands. Reliable. You know, mm-hmm. he's not going to do it anymore. But, but those things are going to be more costly as the competition continues to step up. I mean, this week we saw them doing some mistakes. Boom, team came right back and tied it. Um, it's going to be tough to go for 23 unanswered points against a Villanova or an Elon or a Towson. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's good to get it out of the system. Like I said before, I think it's good, you know, had to pay for him this week and responded. Mm-hmm. But it's just little things like you got to got to cut yep. out the penalties. We, we've yep. had a lot of costly penalties. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, just uh, I don't think like mental mistakes. Maybe it's you'd like to say it's just repetition, but four games under the belt, you know, it's it's, it's a third of the way through the season. <laughs> you yeah, knock that stuff off. Well, it's just funny that you said that because my fourth down was wide receivers. And, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't claim to know a whole lot about X and o, X's and O's at the college level or anything in particular about college football. Um, the one thing I know a little bit about is wide receiver play. Yeah. And there, there was a couple plays, and actually to his – we'll get to the good part of this. But I tweeted out during the game and, and was kind of bitter about 
you know, there were a few plays. I think Danucci was 19 for 24, something like that, um, in the game, which is fantastic. Yeah. But there were three, probably three plays that were in of those five incompletions. Well, catchable where, balls. Yeah, one of them was, uh, as the one you're talking about with Polk, yeah. was definitely catchable, right? And oh, that he called that pass. out as well. Yeah. It's a beautiful pass, right? And Polk obviously redeemed himself but, later. And, and again, like, pass that, and again same, yeah. similar way that he did with um, Nooch a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that, you know, the way Signetti goes about his business, he's not trashing yeah. guys. It's not, no. you know, like some coaches have had in the past where players mm-hmm. and players can do it. But he holds guys accountable. And it's mm-hmm. easier to do that in wins. I don't know what's going to happen if these are losses, if we'll continue that tactic. But based on the way the other guys have been responding, I'm confident. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's right to just mention that about mm-hmm. Polk. I mean, that was a costly – it wasn't end up not being very costly because mm-hmm. of plays he made later in the game and the team made. Correct. But, but that's a play he'll make nine out of ten times. Well, and I wanted to focus on, you know, the one thing with wide receivers, and, and there's been so much of this, you know, the Danucci-hating crowd is just not going to be satisfied until Jamie wins, you know, essentially until he beat North Dakota State in the championship. Yeah. There's just no – they're never going to say that he's good or he's anything like Shore. Oh, oh, and and it doesn't know, make any oh, sense. This was short, have you noticed the goalposts have moved this year? They've moved, last, yeah. Now it's not – he has to be good. No, no, no. Right? Last year it's like, oh, he's better than Johnson. And I know nobody mentions that. Now they're trying to compare him where he stacks up against Shore and Riscotti. Right. And like, the guy who took I'm, the team to back-to-back championships. Yeah, well, it's right? also like, what is that? I mean, it's, that's, that's an argument for the offseason after a couple mm-hmm. of beers. Like, he's the best quarterback on the roster. Cheer for the guy. Root for the guy. He's good. But just to try to – instead of where he clearly is the best on the roster and he beat out Johnson and, and Maloney, nobody's arguing that anymore. So now they're arguing – his place in kind of the pantheon, which is right. just a dumb conversation to be having in the middle of the season. Yeah, it is. Well, and, and I think what people forget is, you know, Shore was – that year, 2016, he threw the ball in the air. 50-50. Devin Ravenel or Brandon Ravenel, yeah. whatever, one of the Ravenel, the older Ravenel made great plays, right? And guys made plays. Ish Hyman made plays. Domo Taylor made a couple of plays. Riley was around, right, all the time. And, you know – that's what I was going to say about these last couple of plays. The one was not, you know, I think the one Polk would t- be the first one to tell you that was one he should have caught. There were a couple other plays in this game, though, where guys had opportunities to make plays. Wide receivers had chances. And any wide receiver coach will tell you, it's not about just the balls you should catch. Sometimes you've got to make a play for your team. Yeah. You know, in the same way that we root for Demetri Holloway to be out there with the club, you know, making 13 tackles at West Virginia – that's a guy stepping up and making plays for his team, no matter – he didn't want to hear the excuses, you know? Yeah. Um, and the same thing. There was a ball in the end zone early on that was almost glossed over as if, like, eh, it just wasn't a good throw or the DB made a good play. Like, you got to get up and make a – at some point, you got to make one of those plays. There was one over the middle in the first half that – there were chances. And I actually – I tweeted it out, and it was funny because as soon as I sent it out um, – Brown, Jake Brown, made that great play yeah. on a ball that, that one of the two balls that maybe Danucci shouldn't have thrown. That was actually um, dangerous. It, that looked like it was, was going to really be a pick dangerous. or it was going to put Brown in the hospital. Right. And, and in the end, he makes this great catch and he stepped up. And, and, you know, then they, and of course they found, then they, you know, started focusing. They found Riley, uh, found Polk later in the game on a ball that Signetti was pretty clear Danucci should, Danucci was pretty clear he shouldn't have thrown the ball that Polk ended up scoring on. But, mm-hmm. um, that's what happens sometimes. And I think those kind of things happened a lot for Brian Shore in 16 and 17 because of the talent around him. Yeah. And I'm not, that's not in any way a put down of Brian. That's just people like 
you know, these receivers, it, you know, it's one thing to drop that one that's obvious, but the other guys, they got to make some plays. Yeah. And, and that's not, and then you're going to say, oh, Tanucci's great. No, it's just sometimes that it's a team game. Are, 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 and, I have a team game. You're saying it's yeah. not solely coming down to the quarterback for the ones winning no, the losses? No, it's not at all. Amazing. The quarterback is leading the nation in completion percentage and they're three and one and they scored a bunch of points and I don't know what, you know, and, and the quarterback, Danucci seems to have a key, you know, he has one or two key runs every game. Yeah. And to me, that's where I don't know if the other quarterbacks on the roster, that's the huge separation with him. Yeah. Um, and he's super consistent on the swing pass. You know, they're just not missing the easy ones, sort of the wide receiver screen type plays. Yeah. And we've been around for all the years of Justin Thorpe and Ginger Ninjas and everybody else where just throwing a three-yard hitch might be in the dirt. No, you, know? you don't I mean you, yeah. you can knock it all you want with the with you know the, the short passes, but you're still competing, what, 72% of them? Yeah. And, and for a decent average per completion. Absolutely. You know, it's in the double digits. Um, mm-hmm. the yards per attempt, I I think. I mean it's not like he's got like what he's five yards per attempt. It's and mm-hmm. some of that definitely is guys taking off and running. So that's mm-hmm. fair. People can can say, oh, that's a big part of it. When you hit it, you hit poke in, in space and he breaks one for 60 yards, that's not on the quarterback. Well, it's not completely on the quarterback, but hitting a guy in stride, it helps. Yeah, it helps. You know, helps. If, if you hit these guys where they need to lean back or they need to come yep. to a complete stop and they get lit up, that's one thing. But getting your guys, just making plays, getting the, yeah. getting the ball with playmakers. Um, I think we talked about this after the St. Francis game, the home opener, that Danucci, you know, that, that that was some of it, right? His little arm angle things as he rolls out, like, and he's able to get the ball right to the guy where, where the guy needs to catch it. Yep. You know, it's beyond just making the completion. Yeah. It's actually making the completion in a way that gives Polk or whoever a chance to do something with it. Riley, I mean, he had two or three where he caught it in stride and made another 10 yards. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that keeps up. So, yeah, we've, I, I don't know about you, Rob. It sounds like you, we kind of are in agreement. I mean, we've got some, you know, nits to pick with the team. But 37-14 on the road. It, uh, at a SoCon team is uh, is fine by me. Yeah, and it's another step uh, once, forward. Yeah, it's another once step again, forward. we re- we remind everyone that that 16 team with a brand new coaching regime was not at a 37-14 SoCon, you know, road victory level at game four. So I, I, I just, I think this team is still building. We've heard that from the kids this week. They feel like they haven't peaked. They're not playing you know, haven't played a great game. They didn't play a great game this week, and they still won by 23 points on the road. Yeah, you know, that's that's probably the best way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, you, you can pick nits and be like, yeah. man, they, they left some points on the board or they, mm-hmm. they gave some away, but they still won comfortably. Yeah. And anytime you win comfortably um, on the road, I mean, even yeah. at home, it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and, and with that, we'll move on to um, – man, this is a big one. This is one we've uh, – should be a fun one this weekend. Had this one – I, I don't know. I don't think coach or the players probably care as much as the rest of us, but uh, you know, coach Signetti is going back to Elon. The Dukes are going to Elon this week, two o'clock uh, first. I don't know. I guess it's not flow only, but the first flow away game where it's only flow. Yeah. Yeah. It's flow exclusive. exclusive. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. And so it's a, you know, there were, I, I guess there was some flow depending on your, whether you made the games or not the first two weeks at home, but, yeah, flow exclusive this week. Um, so it will definitely be my first time with watching the full game, trying to watch the full game there. So yeah, it's exciting. Too. Yeah. And, you know, JMU's had good success down there in, and in the 
North Carolina Piedmont since they since Elon joined the conference, uh, but they got their they got their ass kicked last year by Elon at home. So you know, I mean, they didn't lose by a ton, but they kind of got whipped around the field a little bit. And I, you know, with Signetti coming back and and them going down there, this is a big one. This it's is an emotional the, one. Certainly, it's an emotional one. Yeah, and it's the one we've. I think it's the first one. It's the one you and I have talked about since the summer. This is the first game where we're going to find out what JMU really has this year. Yeah, where I'm we're going to start to really learn. Me too. I just get it out of the way. You know, it's a good. Yeah, don't test. build up to it any longer. Yeah, you just know. you know, rip the bandit off, get going. It's a good one. Um, I'm certainly glad that they've got a few more weeks to prepare for Villanova or keep improving because <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is a team we had mentioned earlier in the year. Like we knew there was going to be one team that came out of nowhere. Then we think that suddenly was a contender. It happens every year. Well, could be William and Mary too. I don't think. William and Mary. Well, <laughs> we thought they'd be better. I don't, I don't know. They're necessarily Houston this week. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, but. I'm not sure no. EC would finish yeah, in the top half of the CAA. No, no, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, uh, I don't know. So what are you looking forward to this week? In addition to just kind of the emotional nature of it, what element of the game or what is something that yeah. you're looking, looking to see improvement for, something well, that concerns it, you? Yeah, putting aside all the craziness in terms of, you know, handling this environment and taking care of business and, you know, not getting caught up, you know, you, I don't know. I mean, Elon is coached by a guy who coached for Signetti. Um, you know, we've heard Davis Cheek, their quarterback, at least I've, I've listened to him. I, I heard him on one of the hero sports things over the summer, very complimentary of coach Signetti. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much chippiness there will be or not, but the biggest thing, putting all that aside, I'd like to see a little more consistency from the young players. Um, you know, saw a couple guys get some big moments this week. I thought MJ Hampton, the safety, mm-hmm. you know, made a big, big play in the running game. And maybe struggled a little bit in the passing game. Uh, we've seen that out the offensive line. You know, Travell Wilson, um, a guy who's, you know, really playing his first significant minutes at this level the first few weeks of the season, has been up and down at times at the left guard spot. So, you know, I'd like to see those young guys just try to build in some consistency. I mean, Austin Douglas, you know, being involved in the, in the fumble over the weekend. You know, who, a guy who's played in all four games, but we, we can't afford – to fumble kickoffs, um, you know, the, all those kind of things. I'd like to see. Just I think the some guys... of it is them settling into their roles. It is. That's, I think, what I want yeah, to see. A guy like, like, not like Ravenel. Too... Like yeah. Ravenel. If, That's if exactly Ravenel, right. Great. Ravenel's point. made plays. I, I'm he very has. excited about the future. He made a really him. good catch to, for the first touchdown against Morgan State. Yeah. I mean, you really, it's, as a high ceiling, um, yeah. has me very excited to see him continue to develop. Yeah. But with Stapleton, and uh, Polk, and then I guess more like Jake Brown, I think, is yeah. a little more experienced. You just need him to make the plays, the receiver, you know, just, just yes. easy plays. If you get yep. three or four catches, if you can move the sticks, anything beyond mm-hmm. that is bonus. But like you were saying before, sometimes you just got to just just make the plays, get it done. Mm-hmm. You don't need to take one to the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but that consistency, just to know that, you know, if, if he can go run out there and he's probably not going to get targeted as much, but when they do look to him, can he get it done? Yep. Um, I think he's a guy you're probably looking, you know, three or four catches a game would be tremendous, Correct. but he's probably not going to get that many more targets. Not, not, you know, Riley, look, not if everybody's not, not Riley and Polk and, and yeah. Kendall Dean. And just, yeah. So you just, you need guys to be comfortable with that. Um, particularly the guys that aren't going to be getting, mm-hmm. you know, 30, 40 reps. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think you've got Ravenel's one, Austin Douglas, another one you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the rotation and on offensive line, just so you don't have the level drop. Nope. Um, when you get in there. So 
I, I agree with you. Just seeing that consistency and seeing well, guys can just kind of clean it up. And it stood out to me watching Percy this weekend too. Mm-hmm. And look, you know, I was as frustrated as anybody. I'm sure Percy was more frustrated than I was with the fumble at West Virginia that turned out to be very costly. But, you know, even on the running back rotation, the one thing he did, you know, they were in a game where they got, as we, we keep talking about, where they got challenged this past weekend at Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. And Percy took the ball and ran north and south. Yeah. You know, and, and he just got tough yards. And he, if four yards were there, he got four yards. And, you know, that, that's the kind of thing you'd like to see the other guys take that cue and say, this is what we're going to, this is what it's going to take against Elon and Villanova and New Hampshire and whoever the, you know, comes down the road. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I'd like to see. It's just that consistency and, you know, don't try to do everything. Just d- make that play from the young players. So yeah. how about you? Well, I, I'd like to see him, like I said before, just kind of shore up, shore up the tackling. Mm-hmm. Come bother me. And like a lot of fans, um, I'm really waiting for this pass rush to come around. I don't think it's as dire as everybody else is saying. You know, they mm-hmm. only had one sack, but somebody can fact check me on this, but I believe that's the first sack Chattanooga has given up all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a pretty good pass protection. Mm-hmm. I, I thought uh, the QB got rid of the ball pretty quick. Yep. I was encouraged like the first drive. They really got in the backfield. And, and I thought there were times on Saturday where even if they didn't hit him, they were creating pressure, at least disrupting the rhythm of mm-hmm. the passing attack. So that's good, but, Davis Cheek is an experienced guy. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen what he did in Bridgeforth last year. Yeah, you let him hang around. Good player. He he can make the very sorts of plays we're talking about. Where like when you need a guy to step up and maybe elevate his game just for a couple key plays a game, he's a guy that can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got to get to him. They've got to disrupt him this week. They got to get his uniform dirty. Um, I think they can by virtue of the fact like they're winning. The line is creating. Um, oh yeah, a big surge. I mean, they're getting five, six, seven tackles for loss every game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same sort of thing. It's like we know they can do it, but they just got to put it all together in, in the passing game. Yeah, and, really and, I, start, and it'll help the secondary as well. Yeah, I did wonder about it a little bit, even in the second half this week where they, you know, that drive that Chattanooga had before they threw the interception. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were, they were making plays. They were moving with relative ease against – and the one thing I wondered about is whether the players have all adjusted to Heatherman's scheme. Because yeah. what I was confused about is, you know, I thought they did a really – like at the West Virginia game, I thought they did a really good job of, okay, if we're going to send pressure and try to get to the quarterback, you're going to be left on an island back here. And yeah. we understand that. This week there was a little – there seems to be some confusion between, okay, we're going to try to pressure, but they're still in zone, so there's wide open holes to throw to. Yeah. You know, like at, you know where we've been used to – and maybe that's just being spoiled from the Bob Trot years, the last few years, where we've been used to – you know, okay, we're, whenever we send pressure, we're going to leave everybody one-on-one and just be tight. Yeah. And it seemed like there were some really wide-open guys for Chattanooga this weekend in a way that suggests they weren't playing sort of bump-and-run cover. I mean, if you get beat, you get beat. You know, I mean, Jimmy gets beat, right? Yeah. I mean, that's one thing. If you're playing tight coverage and you get beat on a great throw by the quarterback, so be it. But yeah, I've seen just see the mesh between the back – you know, the secondary and the D line, like what, what's happening up front to be sort of in sync with what's happening on the back end. That looked a little out of sync this weekend. Yeah, I think you're right. I'd, I'd just like to see if they're going to pressure, you know, then the guy should be ready to make a play in the back. And that's some of that is wide open. Like Rashad yeah, coming back yeah, and, and I think... Tut and Oliver getting their legs back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just that will certainly make a difference. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the disadvantage of those guys being out a little bit. Is, mm-hmm. You know, it, it, we're still rounding into form or Jamie's still rounding into form in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, the talent is there. Yeah. 
you know, it's you might not have somebody, you know, playing it at Jimmy type level last yeah, right. year, but you don't need to play it at Jimmy type level. That was an all time season. You know, that was that was the type of corner that you can't count on coming around uh, more than once or twice in a, in a program's history. Yeah, exactly. Rashad, if healthy, I think can reach that level, but he's still working up. He's still getting his legs back. On yeah. Him, so. So with that, Rob, um, we'll take us to overtime. We've got two quick things tonight. We're going to do something new for the first time. Well, I guess it'll be the second time. Um, but the first question is, Rob, I know we've done this one before, but we did get this one asked on by, by someone who wanted us to say, if we had one punch to use, where would we use it? <laughs> um, you know, one, one dining punch. What would be our, our top dining punch option? I know we've done like a ranking of dining options before um but what would be your sort of one punch use oh i I misinterpreted i thought it was like your punch at dukes oh like like what's your duke sort of now i gotta open it okay okay if you go you can go with dukes yeah you can double punch i guess i can double punch yeah you can double punch i I guess i need to go for the royal duke burger with cheese (laughs) and you got to order it like that because then the the short order cooks your students would look at you like who the hell are you why aren't you saying double cheeseburger tool (laughs) So I love doing that. Um, I like the fries. Uh-huh. Very simple. Maybe a side salad, which I know is kind of lame, <laughs> but that was some good because the stuff like the sandwiches didn't keep well in the dorm fridges. The no, salad no, you no, get away with. Oh, that's so true. Okay, the salad was fully yeah, yeah. fully sealed. Although the sandwiches were good when we had the mouse problem in the mm-hmm. fraternity house, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What is that? Like housemaster, keymaster, whatever?" So I had the mm-hmm. keys to everything. And Gaston and I went and used our, all of our double punches to get sandwiches. <laughs> and then we keyed into all y'all's rooms when you're in classes. Yes. And put the sandwiches behind the couches so, oh. in every other room except for ours. Yes. So the mice would go to everybody else's rooms except for ours. And nobody could figure it out to move out there. That is <laughs> that the like kind evil of genius. genius. We, yeah, that was evil that's genius. great. Oh, um, no, and, and then I guess you, you got to go for one of those off-brand Gatorade, Powerade. What was it? All Sport? <laughs> all Sport. Yeah. Slightly carbonated. <laughs> yeah. And they it's were like, giving it like the 32 ounces. Yeah. So I guess that'd be mine. Oh, okay. I know this is sacrilegious, but the, the Duke's double punch is a waste. It's just a terrible plan. I didn't like any of that stuff. No. I love Duke. Because, I mean, you can't say Duke. It's just like a bad version of McDonald's. Stop. No. Yes. They had better buns. No. Oh. No, I, I think I've said this before. I know this is really obscure and niche. And, of course, I'm rooting for this one. But I, I would use my punch at Lakeside. Um, for that pizza sub thing. Um, I don't know. Whatever. With the I, chips? I, yeah, I thought about saying the steakhouse, but I, the truth is I wasn't really going to use it. Like, the steakhouse food was all right, I guess, but it wasn't really as fun as it's... I don't know. It just... No. Yeah, the Lakeside Express thing with the chips. Yeah, I mean, I guess that just shows I'm, a, I'm an Eagle freshman through and through. But Yeah, I didn't think this through. I thought, I thought we were strictly related... To Dukes. This is restricted yeah, well, Dukes. I'm glad. So we went one way or the other. Because so, um, was Lakeside even a punch? Wasn't Lakeside just dining dollars? Lakeside might... You're right. It might have been dining dollars. Because we used to go on Sunday nights. It was open Yeah, you're right. It might have been just dining dollars. I don't know. Yeah. It was good, though. It I definitely wasted too many of punches or dining dollars or whatever there. Oh, yeah. So, I, yeah. I, I definitely... I think I used my book money there. Because <laughs> you're all in the same crap you could buy your books oh, yeah. or, or get extra sandwiches. Oh, God. <laughs> um, Rob, we got one more tonight. We got to bring back the uh, – this isn't for Rob. This is for Rob. Um, I don't know. Uh, this guy we, that was on the podcast last week, the angry, uninformed Dukes fan. I'm not setting this up well enough. But there's been a lot of discussion out there on the interwebs this week 
about our friends over at Hero Sports, Brian McLaughlin and Sam Herter. Uh, but Brian in particular has been continuing to rank the Dukes as his number one team in the country. That was his preseason number one. And he has stuck with them despite the loss to West Virginia. And now despite North Dakota State's having beaten at home, by the way, uh, UC Davis this past weekend. And Rob, I, you know, I just, I laughed. This was like the worst of the two fan bases uh, again. And I, I didn't know if you had any thoughts as uh, well, angry, I, I uninformed. The NDSU fans were going bananas on him. I mean, just totally. I just, I mean, I got respect and just kind of dance with the one, you, you know, dance with the one who brung you mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like he's, he's riding this as yeah. long as it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can see why they're upset about it or why they did. They're so no, salty. I can't, I can't, actually, I can't see why they're upset. They're no, losers. They're complete losers. <laughs> like, I just, I don't get this. And Todd, you know my thoughts yeah. on people who argue on the internet in general. Yeah. yeah. Um, I came out of work today turned my phone on and we had like 50 <laughs> notifications yes. like 50 mentions from yep. people who continually drag us into this yes and i'm like why are we even here? I, why are we in here like occasionally brian will, will tag us and things yeah, i like no, I don't mind it, it notifies me because i like i enjoy brian's but we writing. were on there as like someone put us on there today yeah it happens yeah. all the time people yeah. are like oh we never say anything <laughs> to other fans no. and then there's these random dudes and i don't even know what's going on because i realized we muted half of them two years ago <laughs> For Frisco, because they're just horribly unfunny and bitter. Like, why anybody would feel the need to pick a fight with Brian or accuse Brian of being a troll? Brian is like a salt of the earth guy. Yes. Um, as nice as they come, as knowledgeable as they come, cares as much about his objectivity and analysis and giving FCS programs oh their due yes. as you will find. So, like, you might disagree with him. Right. He's not trolling you. No. Um, I just I, I don't get it's these same fourteen people yes. that exist in every fan base. It might just be like to me, like these fans that argue on the internet, they're like saltwater taffy. Like you know how there's just like one box that just gets passed around everybody's office. I don't yeah. think anybody ever eats it. Somebody wraps it up and maybe they bring it back to Dewey and somebody else buys it and goes to another office. Like, I'm not even convinced that these are JMU fans or NDSU fans or South Dakota State fans or Kennesaw State fans. I think it's just twelve or thirteen lonely bored Twitter eggs. Yeah, it always cracks that me just up too. Fight we, about everything. But you're exactly right because we only have. I mean, like our world gets really small when it comes to like we know the twenty people that we interact with. Yeah. Right in the JMU fan base, and suddenly there's this JMU NDSU poll argument, which is completely artificial because it doesn't matter. One of them's one, one of them's two. As long as you're in that slot, well, and none of this matters. It's only you- four weeks into the season. Okay, like, I'm, I'm going to show my colors here, yeah. and this might be. I don't make, care at a, all. I don't care at all either. Yeah. But if I'm North Dakota State, I think I'd be okay with my six trillion championships. Yeah, maybe be okay with that. Yeah, rather than arguing about one dude's vote in September. Right, like how insecure are you? And they're like, and then these people tag us. Like, I don't even know who the hell they are. I, and I don't, I don't understand this desire to like. Ooh, let me keep tabs on what the opposing fan bases think. Like, we don't really follow in. No, I third. enjoy it week to week, right? If we're playing West Virginia, I might throw something out there that's a little, you know, instigating. Yeah. Like that for week. Fun. Right, for, for fun. fun. Exactly. But, like, I'm not keeping tabs on the South Dakota State fan base. No. I don't care. No, I don't mind If trolling. we end up playing them. Right. We if have we a couple fan them, bases like, that we like to. You know, Richmond is always worthy of poking. Right, yes. Delaware is always worthy of poking. Soft Houston State is always worthy of poking. Beyond that, we don't really 
care one way or the other. You know? I mean, everybody says it's like North Dakota nice, and no. by all accounts, that's true. There's also the North Dakota board, mm-hmm. and these are the people that don't have anything better to do than mm-hmm. to get in arguments with the 15 JMU fans who will engage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so weird to me. Like, I don't know how these people follow us or how do they even know we exist. I know. But we'll have these random dudes who just randomly tag us. The funniest was that guy from West Virginia. Oh, yeah. Who would just, like, for weeks leading up to the game, there'd be, like, a random article from, like, the West Virginia Gazette or I don't, I don't know, whatever yeah. the West Virginia thing is. And it would say something like, strong practice today by the linebacking core. And this guy would retweet it and just be like, CC, JMU Sports Blog. And we're like, who cares? <laughs> like, I don't, I didn't even know how to engage. Like, no, I don't know. He wasn't talking trash. It was like he was trying to make us aware of the fact that they had linebackers or, you know, <laughs> hey, they had a practice. We're like, and it was the most innocuous, stupid stuff. It had nothing. To, it wasn't like, oh, they've got a game plan to attack Jamie. Or there was nothing approaching like, quote unquote, bulletin board material. It was just random practice things or like, hey, the stadium looks good. And he'd be like, oh, you guys see this? I'm like, we didn't respond to him once, and we got these things on a daily basis, yep. like all of August leading up to the game. Yeah. And it was just weird. Like, the guy seemed like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't talking trash, but I don't understand fans that feel the need to, like, <laughs> do that. And I really don't understand these dudes that are arguing with Brian. Like, who cares? Yeah. Just laugh. I mean, no. if, if you're the type of respond, just fire up the old, like, scoreboard or pictures of their four million trophies. Like, right. why they care about this is just... And for me, it's like, like psychological side, studies require. I hope more than anything we get to play them. Like yeah. whether it's like at any at any point in the playoffs, I I hope we get to play North Dakota State because it is so much fun because it's the only other fan base that cares, you know, at at, the, at a level that you know in their case probably exceeds JMU, right? I mean, yeah, I, I love that, and I yeah, I just I don't. I don't care what happens now. I just want to play them later so we can have fun. And part so. of me is curious if we're just noticing this because we get all the other notifications because they're replying to all the other people we know. Yeah. But I wonder if these people are doing this constantly. We've had them muted for years. Yes. You know, if you yeah. Want it. Not just because yeah, why bother? And now you see, yeah. like, we'll see all these replies and then it's like tweet unavailable because you're muted. I, I have a very, very large part of me is curious if we've just been unaware of the fact that they've been talking trash to us for trying to <laughs> troll us for years. I, I like and Ken or why we don't take the bait. I'm not sure about that, but I'd like to think so. Oh, so dude, yeah. Quite honestly, nothing would make me happier. Yes, exactly. Right now. Yeah. Oh, well, this is good stuff. And a uh, big thanks tonight, by the way, to Mossy Creek fly fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Um, our friends, Brian and Colby getting ready for the fall season. Uh, go by Mossy Creek for all your fly fishing needs, all your cool, like, outdoor gear and clothing needs. Um, they've got all kinds of stuff in there. If you go by the fly shop and you mention the podcast, you'll get a free Mossy Creek sticker for your cooler or your tailgate or whatever you need. So please do that anytime. Go see our friends down there. And to everyone, Rob, this is a really fun game. This year it's a little earlier. It's been super – you know, the Elon game has been at the end of the season the last few years. And it's been really fun because the weather's great. Um, again, Elon, the grass stadium is really nice. It's a beautiful stadium down there. Uh, always a great JMU turnout. I hope it's enormous again. Last, the last game two years ago was like a whole side of the stadium was JMU. So the Raleigh chapter, good job to them. Hopefully Kara and company have a good time. The Charlotte chapter, I'm sure, will roll deep up to the game. And all my old friends in Greensboro, Winston-Salem, High Point, um, Robin and Steve and company 
I hope you all have a great weekend. Have fun down there. Um, tailgate hard and bring us home a win. Yeah, I want to get down there. It looks like a, I like the grass setup. I do it's too. Just kind of, it's like a stadium plus wolf traps. Yeah, it really is. It's pretty. Yeah. They're very pro tailgating. Um, so it's always good in that way. Now they have the new basketball arena across the street. So even more room for far away tailgating, uh, but some yeah. good places right on campus for it. Um, and I've never been there, but it's supposed to be a gorgeous campus. Yeah, it's really nice. I mean, it's, it's very mellow, but, uh, you know, big, fun, southern tailgate, good time. And I, I'm I sure still can't get over little... the fact that it's a good school. No, I know, I, I know. It, just, it, it just shows how old I am because that was like mm-hmm. the safety school among safety schools. And now you look up and, I mean, hat tip to them. They've done a tremendous job. That, that's a very good school right now. Yeah. Very competitive to get into. Um, but it was not like that. If, if I could name names, some of my classmates from high school who end up there. Yeah. We're not, we're not the geniuses of the bunch. No. And uh, Rob, you know, this week it looks like, uh, you know, things in the world are about to get contentious again. And, uh, you know, the Redskins are terrible and baseball playoffs are coming and the Nets will probably blow it again. Uh, but the Dukes never disappoint, and I am, will be looking forward very much to watching on Saturday and to uh, hopefully talking to you about uh, a first a one and zero CAA start next week. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm really excited because for the first time in a number of years, mm-hmm. I really have no idea what to expect from the CAA. Like, yeah, last true. year, even last year, where the team was, in my opinion, noticeably weaker than the previous year, I still maybe naively thought. That we were gonna, that Jamie was gonna go undefeated. And see, I didn't see anybody that really scared mm-hmm. me, and you know, save some mistakes. I think that proved to be true. I think Jamie shot themselves in the foot. And I don't know if I really losses. thought they were. It wasn't until the New Hampshire game that I was, you know, the Elon game they lost. Yeah, like they got beat, but I still, you know, it was a close game, and I hadn't kind of given up that I. I don't think it had set in with me that this could be a really competitive thing, and they were in big trouble. Yeah. Until later in the season. No, so I, I this year I have no idea. That. Yeah. And, and it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. And Nova looks legit. Um, yep. Towson, yep. that offense is legit. They, they had a bad break with the running back, kick mm-hmm. returner going out. That guy was a tremendous football player, specialty player of the year last year. Um, but they still got Flacco. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not a big Ambrose fan, but when the guy has talent, he's able to, to leverage it to great yep. success. Like you said, Maine's William still Mary. good. William and Mary's a little bit of a surprise so far. Yeah. That offense is going to ca- create problems for people this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think there's I, – I don't know what to expect. So, it's going to yeah, be a fun ride. And hopefully it, should. it starts it should be with really a win fun. this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So, Rob, um, good talking with you as always. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And, Rob, I guess we will talk next Monday. Yeah, enjoy the game, everybody. <laughs> All right. Have fun. Go Dukes.